looks like and feels like this morning. So, under the sun, what life looks like and feels like now. Now, when we hear strange things, it's always good to know, isn't it, that the words we're hearing are true. Now, normally you don't read the end of the book, do you, before you start the beginning. But actually, we're going to read a bit of the end of the book now. And here we go. This is the end of the book. It says, not only was the teacher who's going to speak, speak to us, uh, when he was he wise, he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words. And what he wrote was upright and true. That's good to know, isn't it? We're going to hear some stuff that's true. And actually, I think we're going to, we, we, when we hear the words, we're going to go, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Definitely true. But also, what we're going to hear is going to be challenging. So the words of the wise, including the words in this book, are like goads. Okay? Anyone know what goads are? Goads are like pointy sticks. Isn't there a pointy stick over there uh, behind you? Uh, I think there's a pointy stick somewhere nearby, isn't there? Is it gone? Is it still there? Just behind you? Excellent. Great. Okay, so uh, Stuart's got a pointy stick. I, I wonder, do we have any volunteers here who'd like to be pointed by a pointy stick? No. Okay, I, I didn't think so. Being pointed by a pointy stick is not very pleasant sometimes, but actually the words we're going to hear are going to be a bit uncomfortable. But they're going to be true and going to help us live wisely. Okay. Now, I was thinking about life. Uh, and life is a little bit like a journey, isn't it? You notice that? Uh, we went on a journey recently, a holiday. It was quite exciting. And along the way, there were road signs that helped us know a little bit what the journey was going to be like going ahead. Okay? So I just thought I'd just like to start with a little bit of a quiz. Is that all right? Can we get the quiz up? There we go. Oh, Sarah's on the, on the ball. Great. We'll have a quick quiz. It's a quiz about road signs, okay? So I just want to see whether you can spot some names. If you drive, you should know these. If you're children and you don't yet drive, which is a good thing, um, you might still recognise them, okay? So here's a, here's a little quiz, okay? Are you ready for a quiz? Yeah, okay. I see some children looking Adults as well, but if you, adults don't know this, I'm really worried, especially if you drive. Okay, so here's the first road sign. This is, this is a straightforward one, I think. Okay. Anyone know what that means? Any, any younger one know what that might mean? Yes. A crossroads. Brilliant. Okay, so if you come to one of those things, you've come to a junction, there'll be road off to the right, road off the left, and road going ahead. And you've got to make a choice. Crossroads. Brilliant. Very good. good start. Do you drive? No, you don't. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> cool. Okay, next one. A little bit more tricky, this one. Anyone know what this one is? Yes. No entry. If you, if, you, if you see this sign and you keep driving, you're in trouble. Okay, that's no entry. Uh, no words, just a sign, and you know what's coming next. Stop, don't go any further. No entry. Brilliant. Okay, good. Ooh, this is a bit more tricky, isn't it? Anyone know? Ooh, what do you think? Brilliant. Well done. Oh, yes, excellent. I saw a driving instructor, a driving instructor behind nodding and saying, yes, right on. Well done. Excellent. No overtaking. So frustrating, isn't it, when you get on the side? Oh, oh. Anyway, okay, good. This one? Anyone got any ideas what this one is? Yes, George, George like Roadworks. No, not, 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 it's a matter of rain, put up your umbrella. It is roadworks. Excellent, okay, good. I mean, it's encouraging, isn't it? It's encouraging. No, no road signs, okay. Watch out for. Anyone know what this one is? George again, yes, you, 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 I saw a hand up. 
Yeah, well, kind of. Watch out for slow-moving military vehicles, <laughs> like tanks. So there you go. Uh, brilliant. Okay, not bad. I'm, I haven't seen many of those around recently. Anyway, not around Chesham anyway. Oh, I've got this one. It looks a bit like a car on fire. It is not a car on fire. It's, 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 a, it's a warning sign. No something. No family arguments. <laughs> we never have those in our car. <laughs> no family arguments. It could be. Actually, no explosives. If you're carrying explosives, a, a child that's ready to go to the toilet, but no, no, no. Uh, uh, I think that means bombs and things like that. No explosives. So many of those either, really, actually. But anyway, um, what is that? Anyone got any ideas what that one is? Evil Knievel, where are you? Uh, you wouldn't know who that was, would you, most of you? Okay. Yes. It is a motorbike. Anyone know what this means? Yes, again, George? No motor vehicles. If you see a sign like that, you, you know, if you've got a bike, you can carry on riding, you, know, you put on your pedal bike, but no, no motor vehicles. And here's the last one, I think, coming up. Any ideas? It is nothing, isn't it? You think, there's something missing here, isn't there? What's going on? But it's a proper sign. Yeah. Snow ahead. <laughs> Snow ahead. Yeah, it could be. Actually, it means no motor vehicles and no riding of bikes, pedal bikes, except for you can push them, but you can't ride them. There you go. So nothing. You can't do anything, almost, apart from push your pedal bike. Okay. There you go. There's our quiz. Well done. I, I, I'm encouraged. That's good, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to get in the car tomorrow and be full, quite safe. Most people seem to know more or less what's going on with our sign. We're going to be thinking about some signs about, <coughs> that gives a clue about what life is like. But we're going to have our Bible reading now. And Nick is going to come up. And, and read to us the beginning of Ecclesiastes. Now listen hard. Now there's some things about life in this, in this part of the Bible that we're going to discover. But if you don't understand all that's being said, listen for the kind of, the tone that this is read in. Okay? So I'm going to hand over to Nikki. Thank you very much indeed. Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. The words of the teacher son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labours at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye has never enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new? It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. 
No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and explore wisdom by all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I have seen all things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind. This is the word of the Lord. I need to go back to number one again. It's all right. It's a bit more number one still. Oh, brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Someone's on the ball this morning. Thank you, Sarah. Good. Okay. So, here's our teacher. And his words are true. And they are a bit uncomfortable, like, like a pointy stick, aren't they? Yeah. So what is life like under the sun? What is life like for us? What did the teacher say? Well, the teacher said life was meaningless, pointless. Oh, dear. That's not a good start, is it? It's got no point. Do you know, actually... That word meaningless is not perhaps the best translation of the word in the original Bible, in the Hebrew Bible. The word actually isn't meaningless. It is hevel. Hevel. That's that's the Hebrew word. And it means mist or fog or vapour. Mist or fog. You know what mist is, don't you? You know what fog is. If you turn the kettle on and you see that steam, that vapour. So life's a bit like that. In fact, the thing about driving, it's like sometimes driving in the fog. Have you ever driven in the fog? Have you been in a car driving in the fog? Yes, some people have. It's not a nice experience, is it, sometimes? It's quite disorientating. It's very confusing. We can't see very clearly. But the Bible says that life, living life now under the sun, is like living in fog, where we can't always figure things out, where things often are confusing. It's hard to grasp things, see things, or make sense of them. Other things that that our reading told us about what life is a bit like. Life is a bit like going round and round in circles. Is that just me? Or does life sometimes feel like going round and round in circles? The sun rises, the sun sets, it hurries off. It does, doesn't it? You know, the sun rises in the east, it rushes over the sky to the west, and the next day, does it all again. And again. Backwards and forwards, rushing, lots of activity, lots of busyness, it looks like, doesn't it, in our lives? But it's the same again and again. Like, Monday morning you wake up and it's, oh no, it's not, it's back on, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's good, isn't it? But most days you wake up and you get dressed and you have breakfast and you go to school and you learn stuff and then you go home and you go to tea and you go to bed and you wake up and it's, it's on and round and round, round and round, like a roundabout. Some people might remember the film Groundhog Day. It's a funny film about a man who wakes up and it's always the same day. And it's quite fun at first, but then it gets really, really annoying. Really annoying. But actually, it's a story, a film that reminds us a bit that life is like that. 
Same old, same old. Backwards and forwards, twin. Lots of busyness. But just round and round in circles. Groundhog Day. Or uh, the water cycle. Uh, you know, water flows into the rivers from the rain. The river flows into the sea. But the sea never gets full, does it? And then the clouds come up from the sea. And then it comes over and it rains on the, on the ground. And the ground and the water goes into the rivers. And it goes round and round and round. Never full. That's round and round. There you go. It's like life. Round and round in circles. Ah, I remember when, it were, when, it, when we were parents first, um, had children quite young, uh, we used to go to the beach. We never realised why the beach was so much fun until we had kids. I remember our eldest, uh, she, uh, she dug a hole with her bucket and spade. And then she went down to the sea, collected some water, and she came back to her hole and poured the water in the hole. And she went, oh disappeared. Where'd it go? So she went back down to the sea, got some more water, and then poured it into the hole. Disappeared. So she went back down to the sea and got some more water. She did it for an hour and a half. <laughs> but finally, she got tired and she got weary. And she probably thought, even though she's a very small, thought, what's the point of this? What am I gaining? This, the hole's still empty. Still empty. Huh. Do you ever have that experience where you have a really big meal? A really big meal. And you go, I never need to eat ever again. <laughs> Even the thought. The next morning you wake up and go, I'm starving. Do you know how that happens to you? It's bizarre, isn't it, how that happens? That's life, isn't it? We're always chasing things. We're always chasing things. And we're never full. Like my first job, when I was quite small, was I was a linen porter in a hotel. Really, really impressive job. Can I tell you what my job involved? I had a little trolley, and it had nice, clean sheets and towels in. And I would go on the lift to the fifth floor and drop off on the east side of the, of the building hotel my sheets and towels. And then I'd go along to the other side, to the, to the west side, and I'd drop off some more. Then I'd go up to the sixth floor and drop off some more and go across the other side of the hotel and drop off some more. Then I'd collect the dirty ones and then go along and back again and collect some more dirty ones, more dirty ones, more dirty ones, and go back down again. And then I'd go up again with my new clean ones and go round and round like that, again and again. You know, after my first day, my boss said, wow, you are so good at this. And I was, I was rushing around with my trolley. I didn't get a pay rise, though. But... At the end of the day, I went home. The next morning, I went up, got up, got up. How did you all over again? I did it for a whole summer. Round and round and round. And nothing ever seemed to change. Because next morning, it always needed to be done again. So that's, life's a bit like that, isn't it? Life is a bit like that. Do you know, sometimes, sometimes we think, oh, I wish something new would happen. Something new, exciting. And we're always looking on for the new things that make life not round and round, but exciting. I think what kind of things make us excited? What new things? Oh, the new iPhone. The new iPhone. People queuing up in the streets for the new iPhone. The iPhone 50, whatever it is. No, I think it's 12. It's 12? Oh, no, I've lost count now. And they're all queuing up. They're camping overnight to get the iPhone. But actually, after a while, that phone becomes old because there's a new one. Round and round and round we go. 
We try and chase things, don't we? We try and chase new things, but they quickly become old things. Very frustrating. And what do we get from the, at the end? Not very much. Oh, time for a competition. Good. Okay, excellent. We need a couple of volunteers. Oh, sorry. Two hands are up very fast. You two, you should I come up front? Okay. Okay. Running around. Excellent. Okay, good. Okay. Now I've got some people around the room who've got some bubbles. Great. Okay. Now I wanted to have some a smoke machine, but I couldn't afford one, so I've got bubbles instead. So, so what you've got to do is it's very, very simple. Okay. People are going to be blowing bubbles around the building. Okay. I want you to come and collect them and put them into the the bucket here. That that's your one there. That's your one there. That's your bucket here. Okay. And whoever fills the bucket first wins. Okay, so are you ready? You've got to rush. It's not, we haven't got a lot of time. We've got one minute. We go very fast. Uh, so if you look for the people with, with blowing bubbles, collect as many as you can, bring them here, put them in, and we'll see who wins. We've got one minute starting now. Go, go. No, 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 you leave the bucket there. You've got to bring them. You've got to bring them. You leave the bucket here. You've got to collect the bubbles and bring them there. Excellent. Okay. You're already behind. Okay, quick, quick, quick. Come on. There's a few more over here. If you want to get, there's a few big ones here that might be a bit close to the buckets. Might help. So more. Quick, 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 Okay, another 10 more seconds. Time's running out. It goes so quiet. Life goes fast, doesn't it? Oh, dear. Right, okay. Okay, just one then. Just bring one back. Okay, I think that's it. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Okay, right, brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. Come back, come back up. How are we doing? Should we count up all the bubbles? Take a few more in, you might, might just push you over the edge. <laughs> Thank you very much. Was it, yeah. how, do you, how do you feel? It was a bit, a bit annoying, wasn't it? A bit, a bit frustrating. Oh, what? what did you gain? Not very much, really. But thank you very much. That's brilliant. You're real brilliant. You're brilliant. Good. Ah, <laughs> oh, life. It's like chasing bubbles, isn't it? You get the latest thing and then... As the Bible says, we come, don't we, into the world naked when we're born, and we leave with nothing. We leave naked too. What do we gain? Interesting, isn't it? Actually, in this passage, one thing that the passage does tell us, which I think is particularly uncomfortable, is it says that actually, we're like fog. We're like fog. Not just life is like fog, but we're like fog. And one minute you see it, and one minute it's gone. Oh, that's not nice to hear, is it? That's not comfortable to hear. That's like the pointy stick pointing at us. Do you know, I went to a funeral this week, and there were gravestones, and the names, I couldn't even read anymore. And our passage says, actually, generations come, generations go, and some of us thought we'd be remembered. Oh, that's hard, isn't it? That's, that's, a, that's a very uncomfortable thing 
discover. Generations come, generations go. We sang that, didn't we, this morning, the first song. And often we're forgotten. No one remembers us. It's like a dead-end sign, isn't it? A life comes to an end. That's hard. This is really hard. Actually, there's a few more things that we're going to discover in the next few weeks about life and the journey of life. Sometimes we'll discover that there are road bumps, unexpected things that happen. However carefully we drive, sometimes we're going to hit some bumps, things that make life very difficult or uncomfortable. One of my favourite signs is that. Have you seen that sign? Exclamation mark. What does it mean? Sorry? Some kind of danger. We don't know what it is even. It's, something's going to happen. Watch out. Round the corner, you don't know. Actually, life is a bit like this, isn't it? We don't always know what's round the corner. And our, our passage in our Bible book, this, this, these next few weeks, tells us that we can have things that happen that are surprising, unexpected. Do you know, one of the hardest things about this book is that we like to think that we're in control, don't we? We've got our plans. You know what we're going to do with our lives. And actually, we're not in control. We're, we're like driving in the fog. We can't see very far ahead at all. That's hard, isn't it, to believe that and to know that. We like to think that we're in control, but actually this passage in our book, Bible, says we're not in control. Actually, uh, uh, what the teacher tells us in our passage uh, tells us elsewhere too in another part of the Bible. This is the book of James in the New Testament. So what it says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and vanishes. But there's bubbles. Wow. We're going to come to a time of confession now where we... We acknowledge, we say sorry to God for thinking that we're in control. That we see things very clearly when we don't, actually. So we're going to have a time where we recognise that we are very small. God is eternal. God lasts forever. His word lasts forever, but we don't. And so it's good, isn't it, to talk to God and to say sorry for when we act like we're in charge. We know what we're doing. We know where we're going. We've got our plans. It's good to say sorry to God. So we're going to say sorry to God. The words will be on the screen. So let's say these words... Uh, together. Dear Heavenly Father, sometimes we forget how small we are. Sometimes we lose sight of how little we know and understand. We are sorry when we ignore you. We are sorry when we try and live life without you. We are sorry for the times when we think we know best. We are sorry when we chase after things to gain life, but forget that you are the one who gives us real life through Jesus. Thank you that you are so patient with us. Thank you that you sent Jesus to forgive us. Help us to live wisely as we trust him more and more. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, we're small, aren't we? We're like mist. God is big. God is eternal. And we're going to sing a song about God. God, who is a great big God. So there are some actions. If someone wants to help me with the actions, that would be fantastic. And it is good, isn't it? If God is great and he's got great plans, how exciting to be part of his 
great plans, even though we're small. Let's stand and let's sing. Good. We'll be thinking, haven't we, a little bit about life and uh, life being a little bit frustrating. Um, round and round, chasing things. Good. Uh, I've got a little, um, little uh, uh, game on I've got to play. I've got four people I think I've primed. Uh, you know the game Snakes and Ladders, don't you? Yep, Everyone, I can see if you nod. So I've got four people who are, are very kindly offered to play a little game of snakes and ladders for me. Okay, so the board is up here. So if you're one of the four, if you want to come forwards and stand around the board, and there's a dice there, you know how to play. Uh, you've been given instructions. Um, that's important. So uh, you've got them stored away in your heads. Uh, just say, no speaking, please, while you're playing, because it will disturb us, us as we're carrying on. Okay, so, uh, just, so you've got to play in silence. Um, so just work out who's going to start, and then off you go, and you can, you can play, okay? So on your marks, get to go. Uh, you've got a few minutes, so try and get as far up on the board as you possibly can, okay? Brilliant. Excellent, okay? They're going to play a little game of snakes and ladders. They're a lot of fun, and uh, we'll see how they get along. Brilliant, okay. So life is a little bit like living in a fog, okay? Living in a fog. Life is hevel, as we said it. Life is frustrating. It's wearisome. But what is this? Is the interesting thing? Why is it like that? Why? We thought about the round and round bits and the things we chase, and but why is it like that? Why is it really like that? Well, here's the surprising thing: uh, uh, the Bible and our passage tells us why life is so frustrating. And this is going to be a surprise, I think, for some of us. Remember that verse we read? What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. No talking, please. No talking, please. <laughs> ah. So life is frustrating. And our book, Ecclesiastes, says it's because God has made it frustrating. Is that a surprise? It is, isn't it? I know we make life frustrating, but it says that God has made life frustrating. A burden sometimes. It's, it's wearying. It's frustrating. Living life now in this world under the sun, God has designed it to be frustrating. Now, actually, when God first created the world, he didn't make it to be a frustrating place. There were people who enjoyed life. It was fantastic. They lived in relationship with God. It was a beautiful thing there in the garden. What a wonderful place. There was no frustration then. But then what happened? We, well, we turned our backs, didn't we, on God? We said, actually, I think we can see more clearly than God. We think we know better than God. We don't need God to tell us how we live our lives, thank you very much. And as we turned away from God, we turned away from the giver of life. And what happened? Life became spoiled. Life became going round in circles. Life became chasing stuff that never satisfied us. Uh, life became lots of bumps. Unexpected bumps. Life is like living in a fog. Okay. Just a little, little chance to find out how the game's going. Right, okay. Okay, is, is it... Are we on? Are we on? Yeah, okay. So, just you want to just say a little bit about how the game's going? 
course, I'm, let me see. Well, well, okay, okay. Try again. Give one more time. Uh, quite frustrating because I keep going down the snakes, not making much progress on my part. Okay, so, so it is a, the game is frustrating, isn't it? Because what happens is you, you, you keep going along and you hit a snake and then you go down and you don't make any progress. Uh, actually, uh, I've made the game a bit more frustrating because I've changed the rules for each person. So for some people, uh, some, did someone have to go up the snakes and down the ladders? Yeah, that was, that was you, wasn't it? Okay, that was a bit frustrating. Some people, when they, ro when they rolled an even number, they could double it or triple it uh, and, and go along more squares. So everyone's playing by different rules and no one quite knew what was going on. And what's, what, one, one, one word to summarise it. Well, frustrating is the word. Yeah. Okay, frustrating. Okay. And I made it like that. I made it like that. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. You were very, you were very helpful. Brilliant. Okay, so God made the world frustrating when we turned our backs on God. See, actually, if we're driving and and we're driving life without God, the Bible is going to be a disaster. It's going to end up in a terrible crash at the end. And God doesn't want that to happen. He wants us to know that there's something wrong. That when we live life without God, that's not how it's supposed to be. He's designed it to be frustrating. And sometimes we stop and go, what's wrong with the world? We say, what's wrong? Sometimes we say, don't we, what's wrong with me? Have you said that ever? Frustrating. Something's not right. Something is not right. <clears throat> when I was uh, living in our, our previ a previous house to one, we were living in a place called Enfield. And uh, it's a nice house. Uh, we weren't, it wasn't ours. We were, rent we were renting it. Uh, one thing I, I, I noticed, there was something slightly disquieting about this house. In the hallway, there was a big crack in the wall. It got bigger and bigger. In fact, it got so big, you could watch television from the hall in the lounge. <laughs> and I thought, what can I do? I could ignore it, couldn't I? I could ignore it. And I wanted to. I could have put some polyfiller in, couldn't I, and filled the gap. But I thought, mm, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure I should ignore this. And I think Miriam said, maybe we should get a surveyor in to check the house is okay. Good thing we did, because actually the house was falling down. It's going to go full flat on its face. And we would have been in a terrible crash. Do you know, at that point, do you know, I'm glad there was a crack there. It told me something was wrong. If I hadn't known there was something wrong, I could have lived there and the house could have fallen down. And the Bible says, actually, there's like a crack in the world. It's frustrating. God has made it that way. Because actually, when we live without God, it's a dangerous thing. And one day our lives will come crashing down. So actually... Did God make life frustrating because he hates us? No. He did it because he loves us. He wants us to know that life without him is a disaster. That life with him is amazing and is wonderful. Sometimes we say, what's wrong with the world? Sometimes we say, what's wrong with me? And the passage we've read says that when we turn away from God, life is... Frustrating. It's wearisome. It's disappointing. We chase stuff. We never afford. We're never satisfied. And when we experience that frustration, it is to make us cry out to God and say, we're little, we're like mist. Help me. I don't see very clearly. Show me things I need to see.
We need to turn away from trusting ourselves and to trusting God who is wise. It's hard, isn't it, when people go through life and they go through the whole of life and they never discover what life's about, knowing God, living in relationship with him. Actually, at the end of the, uh, later on in the Bible, this, uh, Paul in, in, a, in, in Romans says these words. Not particularly, uh, for the creation was subjected to frustration. God made it frustrating in the hope that the creation itself will be liberated and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. See, life looks like it's going round and round in circles, but actually, there is a destination. God wants to take us ultimately to a place of liberation that's free from frustration as we experience being God's children fully and wonderfully and perfectly. Like back in the garden, uh, God bringing us back into that right relationship where we can enjoy God perfectly and fully. That's what God wants to do. We're going to think a little bit more about that as we finish later on, but life is frustrating. God has made it that way so that we don't chase things that aren't going to satisfy us. So we don't live life without God, but we live life looking and searching and seeking God, designed to know him for ourselves. We're going to sing another song. This is a song about mist, about Ecclesiastes. So we're going to stand and we're going to sing our next song, The Greatest Treasure. It gives a clue about how we find life, real life, in relationship with Jesus. Good. I'm going to ask Ian Maxwell if he's going to come up just for a couple of minutes, and I'm going to ask him just a few questions. Um, Ian, Ian has been at Emmanuel for a few years now, and Catherine, his wife, too. And I think we could say for Ian and Catherine particularly, life has been challenging and perhaps frustrating uh, pretty much since you've come here. Not because you've come here, <laughs> I hope, but uh, do come through. So I just thought uh, I'd ask Ian just a couple of questions about life as he's experienced it in the real world. So, so life has been challenging, hasn't it, for you in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share some of the ways in which it has been challenging, particularly in recent months and years for you? Okay, yeah, well, um, when I came to Emmanuel with Catherine, uh, I'd already got heart failure. So, um, so that, was a, that was a challenge. Um, and then uh, I think about six months after we joined, Catherine got cancer, really quite advanced stage cancer, and uh, had to have an operation, uh, an emergency operation in uh, Stoke Mandeville. Um, and then my heart got worse, and I, and while she was undergoing cancer treatment, then I had to go into hospital for a, an urgent tran- heart transplant. Um, so I waited for that for about three months, which is... Uh, well, I mean, that's urgent in the, uh, in, in the heart transplant world because there aren't that many hearts available. Um, and then I had the transplant, waited another three months before I got out um, because I was just uh, flat on my back and couldn't move, really. Um, and then, then what happened? Oh, yeah, I got COVID last year. Um, so that was the next thing and, that, and uh, nearly died. Um, so uh, uh, that was the second time, yeah. So I didn't even make it with the heart as well. So, um, and then Catherine was trying to manage um, uh, without me and manage a project at home, um, a building project and stuff. 
So that was challenging too. So yeah, we've had uh, we've had a few challenges. And so I, I, as you think about life, particularly recently, uh, what kind of questions have kind of come into your mind? What's been hard to make sense of, I guess, in the fog? Well, yeah, I mean, I think a fog is a good a good way to describe it because it, it just wasn't clear at all what God was doing. Um, so I was lying on, lying on my back in the hospital bed thinking, um, well, what's this all about? You know, wouldn't I be better off dead? Um, uh, you know, because it was so, I mean, it was so painful and, uh, and traumatic. So, um, yeah, I what sort of questions? I mean, it was how long is it going to be that I'm going to be like this? And then I think, I did think, there came a point where I thought, yes, I'm going to get out of hospital eventually, the first time around. But when I got COVID, I actually wasn't sure I was ever going to make it. And I was thinking, you know, is God going to bring me back home ever? Um, am I going to see my family? Am I going to see my, my, my grandson, uh, the youngest, well, yeah, the next. Yeah, my grandson was born just the day after I got COVID. Uh, so I couldn't see him, so I didn't see him at all until, um, well, until I got home. So it was about six months, I think. Or th was it three months? I, I forget. About three months, yeah. Anyway, it's a long time, because he's, he's grown massively in that time. And I couldn't see him all that time. Just one last question. You're a follower of Jesus. You're a Christian. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, with all the stuff that's happened in life, you know, what, why... Do you still follow Jesus? And what's helped you keep following Jesus in all the, the fog and the mist of life that you've experienced? Um, yeah, well, I suppose this, uh, I don't think there's any alternative, really. Um, I've thought about my faith, uh, which has been quite battered. Uh, and I think it's like I've, I've, I've thought about my faith as being a boat in the, in the, in the water. And there's a storm that's come and it's tried to blow my faith away. And I think that's the devil trying to blow it out of the, you know, just away. Um, and I've, what I've got is various anchors that have helped, um, that have kept the boat in place. And so, and the more anchors you've got, I think the better. And mine, I mean, I've got probably about 20 or 30, but a few of them are um, the prayers of the people here, um, and the love of the people here, my church family, um, the fact that I know that Jesus died and rose from the dead, I mean, that's a fact. Um, the fact of the universe existing, and I'm a scientist, and, and that makes sense to me. Um, answers to prayer in the past, uh, and the Bible, which I think is just such an incredible book. Um, I don't think that would have been, you know, without that, then, uh, well, it couldn't, couldn't have happened without God. So all of those things have anchored me and my faith um, where, where it is, and they've prevented the storm from blowing it away. So I don't have any choice, really. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Thank you for sharing, and um, let me pray for you before you go back to your seats. And, uh, Father, thank you for Ian, for Catherine. Uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, anchoring their lives in this very stormy period. Thank you, Lord, just for Ian's honesty about some of the questions and struggles of living life, as it were, in this world, under the sun, in, in the fog, and in the confusion. Thank you, Lord, that as you've given him strength and Catherine strength to keep
keep walking that walk of faith that even used him and them to encourage us to keep trusting you too. Father, please continue to sustain them both, continue to help them uh, to trust you more. Thank you for those anchors, for your word, and those things that you give that will help them uh, keep walking forwards, uh, even in a frustrating and difficult world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Another round of applause. Good, we're almost done. We're almost done. But I just thought it'd be good to think about, okay, if life is like the fog, how do we live now in a foggy world? Okay, well, I, th- I think Ian actually has given us a few tips, isn't he? a few clues as to how we do that. So I just thought very quickly, I'm going to run us through a number of things that will help us live in a foggy world and to live life wisely. First, uh, live realistically. Uh, expect life to be foggy sometimes. Do you know, there are some Christians who think that if they trust Jesus, life is going to be completely brilliant, plain sailing, clear blue sky. And actually, it's not. Often, it's like fog. And actually, I think it's great the Bible tells us that. It's great if a book like Ecclesiastes says, life is like this. Life now is like this. That's helpful to be realistic. It's like when you see the road sign saying bumps ahead, you know what to expect. When the bumps come, you go, oh, what's happened? Don't crash your car. You, you expect them. You drive carefully and cautiously, perhaps. We live realistically. Uh, the second thing, uh, we live, don't we, humbly and dependently. Do you know, when you can't see very clearly in a fog, you don't drive like a maniac, do you? Well, I hope you don't. You drive carefully and you look for help. You look for help, don't you? One of the great things is that the Bible says that when we go through life in the fog, because we're under the sun, we walk through life with Jesus, who can see everything. And he knows everything. And he loves us. And so when he guides us in even difficult paths, he's doing it for good reasons. We can trust him. We might not always know what those reasons are. But we do live in this life wisely by holding on to Jesus and, and living humbly. Like in in James, we make our plans, yes, we make plans, but we know those plans could change because we're like a breath of wind, aren't we? Like a a puff of smoke. So we live humbly and we live dependently. One of the ways we do that is is we read the Bible, don't we? Because the Bible is like light. It guides us. Uh, It's a lamp to our feet in the fog. Uh, Have you ever driven in the dark or in the the fog and and you've seen cat's eyes in the road? to help you keep going straight and not go off the road. God's word's like that, isn't it? That's what we on a Sunday. We look at the God's word hard and we think about it and when we read it in the week so we know that light that steers us and directs us uh, even in the midst of the fog. That's why it's good to hear Ian saying the Bible. It's a great thing to have to help us, to lead us, to guide us in a foggy world. One thing we're going to discover, I think, more in this book as we go through it, is actually we can live uh, thankfully, even in the fog. The Bible uh, and, and this book tells us that there's things in the life, in life, even in the fog, that are beautiful. And God wants us to stop and not rush around, 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 but sometimes to stop and enjoy. In COVID, some of us had to stop, didn't we, and not do as much. And we looked around and we thought, isn't the world beautiful? 
We actually went on a nice long walk up into the hills of Cheshire. We thought, wow, I've never seen, I've been living here for 12 years, I've never seen that before. Stopping and enjoying the things that are beautiful. I remember once climbing up, up Snowdon in a big fog. And it was like, you know, when are we going to get to the top? And then just a little break in the cloud, just a little bit. We saw a little glimpse of the top. Oh, not far, worth it. What an amazing view we're going to get to the top. And actually, when we got to the top, the clouds lifted. We saw the whole beauty of the world around us. So look out for the viewpoints. Enjoy those things that God has made for us to enjoy in life. And thank him for that. Live thankfully. And then finally, live trustingly and hopefully. It's funny, isn't it? Our plans often come to nothing. We make our plans, then life happens, as they say. You know, God's got a great plan. God has got an amazing plan, and his plan is amazing. He sent Jesus into the fog. He sent Jesus into the fog. Uh, uh, he experienced the worst of the fog. He, he died. Like the mist, he, he died. And he rose again. And he did all that so that he could take our lives and connect our life to his life, to reconnect as, and give us that relationship with him so we can walk through life with him now as our friend, our saviour. And one day know that we'll be with him. And then we'll see clearly. Now, we look, it's like looking through a kind of cloudy glass. But we're going to see him face to face. Everything will be clear then. Wonderful. No more fog then. So we live, don't we? Trusting. And we live hopeful. Confident that God and his plan works. We just celebrated the, the resurrection. We celebrated that just two weeks ago, didn't we? God rose, raised Jesus. We know that that plan to bring us out of the fog into that new creation is a plan that we can trust. We're going to find a lot more about how we live life in the fog as we go through this series. But I hope that helps us. Life is foggy. It's frustrating. In fact, God has made it that way. We've turned away from God, but he's got a great plan. And he wants to bring us back into that relationship with him and one day to bring us to our eternal home where there'll be no more fog, no more pain, no more sadness. Wow. That is worth living for and looking forward to. We're going to have a time where we pray now.